Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski, and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifest in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles, and they are not names. And the Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name and a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits, and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. 
Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. And this form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifest himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build a physical one in the wilderness just like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. And the tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments making up the one tabernacle pattern. In the school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional aims and objectives, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of the universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent to the world. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state.
Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, and that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller, also from our Oceanside class. Thank you, Dave, and good afternoon and evening to everyone. May we all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father Yahweh, we are so grateful that you have given us another opportunity to come to a more profound understanding of your purpose, your pattern, and your plan of salvation. We just have great gratitude in our hearts for the fact that you have pulled us out of this evil present world that we're living in and taken hold of ourselves, taken hold of our souls and revealed yourself unto us, not because of anything that we could have done or are doing, but because you have chosen us from the foundations of the world. And we just appreciate it. We just ask that you continue to keep us on that straight and narrow preaching this gospel in truth and in love and letting the chips fall where they may. We ask that you strengthen us in these last days because we know that your adversary is still continuing to do his job and an excellent job he is doing. We know that you have the power to overcome anything. And we know that that mystery of iniquity is trying to get us to resist the truth. And we just ask that you strengthen our hearts and give us what we need before the end of this stage and cause us to endure with your love. And we ask all these things and thank you for in the name of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, let us all say, Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Tonight I'll be reading 1 Corinthians, the first chapter from the Holy Name Bible, critically compared with ancient authorities and revised by the late A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Saul, called to be an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah, through the will of Yahweh and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the assembly of Yahweh, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Yahshua the Messiah, called to be sons with all that in every place call upon the name of Yahshua the Messiah, our Savior, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from Yahweh our Father and from the Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. I thank my Elohim always on your behalf for the grace of Yahweh which is given unto you by Yahshua the Messiah that in everything ye are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of the Messiah was confirmed in you, so that ye become behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, who shall also confirm you unto the end, 
that ye may be blameless in the day of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Yahweh is faithful, by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his Son, Yahshua the Messiah, our Savior. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them that are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Saul, I of Apollos, I of Kepha, and I of the Messiah. Is the Messiah divided? Was Saul crucified for you, or were ye baptized in the name of Saul? I think Yahweh that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I immersed any other. For the Messiah sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the sacrifice of the Messiah should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are, which are saved, it is the power of Yahweh. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Hath not Yahweh made foolish the wisdom of this world? For when the wisdom of Yahweh knew, uh, wisdom of Yahweh, the world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach the Messiah crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, the Messiah is the power of Yahweh and the wisdom of Yahweh. Because the foolishness of Yahweh is wiser than men and the weakness of Yahweh is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But Yahweh hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath Yahweh chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in the Messiah, Yahshua, who of Yahweh is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in Yahweh. First Corinthians, the first chapter. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller. And we're going to have a three-speaker format this evening. 
each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. Our scripture readers this evening will be Dr. Bruce Geller and Dr. Linda Volpe, both from our Oceanside class. And our first speaker this evening will be Dr. David Underwood from our Lansing, Michigan class. Good evening, and you can hear me, I'm sure. Yes, we can. Well, I like to say it's my pleasure to be able to work the charts for the Oceanside class this evening. And lack of a better phrase, I like Zoom because I can take this chart called the chart on the pattern or plan of salvation and take the circles at the very top that start off in eternity with this left circle down through the ages and dispensations to the last circle, which is eternity. And I can take that chart, that those circles, and put them right upon the ages and dispensations chart. Very hard to do when you're in a physical classroom. And I can then take the corresponding plates that Dr. Kinley has on what we fondly call the 40 plate chart or series number two, which is divine pattern of the universe proving the existence of Yahweh and manifesting his purpose by the physical creation through what? The ages and dispensations. So when you look at the circles at the top and you start looking at the detail that is within those circles, we have Yahweh's purpose and pattern and plan of salvation being manifested within those circles. Now, when we look at the very first circle, uh, you can see where I had to enhance the word eternity and kingdom of Elohim. And we know that what we have here is the play called Theosophy. Now, to me, theosophy is going to basically be this section, Yahweh is spirit. Yahweh is pure spirit. And while he is in his pure spirit state, he is incomprehensible, inscrutable, indiscernible, invisible, and other descriptives that our minds cannot even begin to wrap ourselves around to understand what Yahweh is. But here we go. We look at, this is theosophy. And we notice that here at the very bottom is the word kingdom. Now, there is an operation to this plate. It would be a downward operating plate because Yahweh is pure principle. He is divine attributes, and then he is the divine source and substance of everything. 
And then we see the next plate because Theosophy on basically uh, the Lansing 40 plate chart is the second plate. Theosophy, then Godhead is the third plate. So when we look at Godhead, this is also the supernal nature. In other words, it is Yahweh, who is the Father. It is Elohim, who is the Word or Son. And it is Yahshua the Messiah, who is the Holy Spirit. And Dr. Kinley has a whole list of descriptives. For an example, when we looked at the Moses chart, we have Elohim, who is the archetype, original pattern of the universe. It can be Elohim, the archetype, divine pattern of the universe. It can be Elohim, a one supreme spirit embodiment. And he has other descriptors that he uses within the textbooks and his writings to show you something about Yahweh and Elohim. And that's what we're here for. As being associates of Dr. Kindley, who he had qualified those who went out, such as Dr. Burbank Mitchell, such as Dr. Edward Mixon, such as you have, of course, Dr. Gill, Dr. Freddie Allen, and those he qualified. We should be able to, one, detect, identify, and prove the existence of Yahweh. And when you look at the 40-plate chart, that's what we have is proving the existence of Yahweh. Because not everybody believes that there is a Yahweh. Also, detect, identify, and prove what? Well, first of all, we have a chart that we fondly call the Daniel chart. Now, this chart is proving the existence and destruction of Satan and his demons through the dispensations and ages, as through the ages and dispensations, we're proving the existence of Yahweh. And then we should, as associates, be able to trace that mark of the beast, which you see that serpent up here in the garden, that old devil, that slick one. And here he is being driven and coming on out. And here he is. And we see that number of 666. And Dr. Kinley, in his writings, especially in the fourth volume of the textbook, goes in and he does trace that 666 all the way from his origin. And you can find that on uh, page 34 of the first volume of the textbook where Dr. Kinley is speaking about the angels and the origin of Satan. And you should be able to take that 666, in other words, the first time that it appears here on the 40 plate chart is right in the holy place or 14C of the angelic transgression. And then we see him here in the court roundabout 666 and we know the, the angelic transgression and the 
Adamic transgression are paired plates because that let thy will be done in earth as it was in heaven. And we see the angel being identified here in the most holy place with a 666. Then we can see it there with Cain. And you can just obviously carry it all the way down to its conclusion, which is going to be eschatology. And eschatology is study of end times, last things, such as heaven, hell, death, and immortality. And we see those who have that mark in them of 666, such as the Pope and the beast, the false prophet, etc. They have their date in Birmingham. And those who believe in Yash Messiah have their place in that kingdom that had been established before the foundation of the world. So as we go back to the circles that are on top of the chart and pattern of planet salvation and the plates that show them, well, this just first of all, theosophy, we have that Yahweh or creation abides within Yahweh or spirit. So that is there in the yellow or golden orange or the fiery cloud. Then we have, obviously, we ended up having, of course, Elohim, who is the beginning of Yahweh and the beginning of all creation. Then we have cosmogony, and the cosmogony is the genesis of the cosmos. You all remember back in your 50s uh, and 60s that there are the Russia, Russian cosmonauts. We call them astronauts as astro, star, etc. And we can see that that's going to be dealing with the angelic transgression because on that plate, for um, B are the angels. So there is that angelic creation. And then, of course, we have chaosis. In chaosis, we're looking for the threefold heavens in this plate. And we end up seeing that, to me, I'm going to put it right there between the angelic creation and the physical creation. Folks, all we're trying to do is try to get across these principles that are hard enough to put in words, let alone to put in descriptive pictures and arrows. So now we're going to be moving to the next series. And what we have is, of course, that black circle and dark it, darkness he called night. So it, we have in just breaking it down, a dark and a light, that would be as a day, a dark and a light, that would be as another day, and a dark and a light, that would be as another day. So when we look at the chaotic, we can see that's going to be the chaosis. Then we're going to go ahead and start looking at the first light circle, and there's uh if I can zoom in a little bit, this uh, zooming in with uh, PDF is not as easy to zoom in as it is with the uh, image glass. But you can see creation finished. 
So if we have the creation, we should have the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. And then, believe it or not, that division between male and female, Moses saw, and as seen by Moses in a vision, this is also on, included in that sixth day. Well, how do you know? Well, if you were to go back to the Moses chart and look at the creation by the pattern, you, I'm going to start with chaosis, first day, all the way down. And you can see where this would be plate 11 on the 40 plate chart. And this would be plate 12, the division between male and female. And that is counted as on the first day. So as we move along in this, we can see that this physical creation is going to, from first day down to man female, that's going to be part of the physical creation. So now we're going to move to the next portion. Now, it's hard to read, but it's going to talk about Adam, the fall of Adam. Well, that fall of Adam is going to be that transgression, Adamic transgression. Also, when you look at the two covenants, Dr. Kinley also calls it the Edenic transgression. So as we're moving along and seeing, we then have the flood. And of course, that's going to be prep Noah preparation entering the ark. That is plate number 18 on the 40 plate chart. And then plate 19 is state's flood. Then plate 20 is going to be the end of the antediluvian age and then the beginning of the post-diluvian age. So what we have here, we're talking about the ages and dispensations. So here, the first age is a creative age where you have the angelic creation and then the physical creation. Then you have the second age, which is the anti, it's not anti, it's anti, and those you that play uh, card games where you put in some type of money or something into the pot, you anti up. That's before you get a chance to look at your cards. And Diluvian is flood, and of course it's an age. Now, as we look here, we have, of course, that endemic transgression. Now, that angelic transgression really took place, it says, Garden of Eden. As soon as that transgression took place, then we have the soap opera's beginning. As the world turns. In other words, once the transgression took place, then Adam being driven out, that's basically when we end up having that as the world turns or time is beginning in this world. And remember, it's not, eternity is not endless time. Time abides within eternity. Very important to understand that. So then the very next plate, of course, we do have plates in there that is going to be the uh, antediluvian apostasy. And that one is going to, of course, deal with that one. Uh, whoop, wrong chart. That's going to be dealing with Cain. 
and you can see that mark of the beast and him. Then the next plate would be the birth translation of Enoch, plan, uh, plate 17. So we have the mystery of iniquity with that apostasy, but then we have uh, that righteous lineage through this Enoch, which was born seventh from Adam. So that's when we start with the Noah preparation, entering the ark, plate 18, the flood, plate 19. It's hard to put in the end of the antediluvian age and beginning of the post-diluvian age all in that space. But this is where in here, Yahweh is going to begin with this covenant with Noah that will open up what is called the post-diluvian age. And that post-diluvian age, of course, is meaning the age after the flood, third age, post-diluvian age. So in there, we have, of course, uh, Abraham and King Melchizedek, a very important uh, dispensation that is within this age, as you had the Adamic um, dispensation, the no Noahic dispensation, as you have the King Melchizedek and uh, priesthood and the Abrahamic promise. That's the dispensation. Then, of course, the important one is this uh, fourth dispensation, which is going to be dealing with the Old Testament or Old Covenant. And we can see that up here where we have Abraham. Then we come with that Mosaic law. Now, in that circle, as we're looking there, whoop, got, let me see if I can get, there we go. Sometimes it's hard to read, but I, uh, in there, but basically it's going to get to the conception, birth, and flight. And there's a lot that takes place between when that law is given, and we can see here that old covenant, here it is, physical kingdom of Israel, law, carnal ordinances, and we have, that's when the law, and there's a lot that is taking place down to we get to that point of Yahshua's birth, life, etc. So now, let me see if I can get back to, now what's kind of difficult, well, here, let me get back up one more. There we go. I, you can see here the number 33. 33 is 33 years of Yahshua's life. And it's very important to understand that this, what is called the fourth kingdom age or fourth present kingdom age did not start with the birth of Yahshua the Messiah, as you would have most Christians think that the birth of Jesus started this present kingdom age. It did not start at his birth. And we'll talk about it starting at the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to the believing Jews first. And then that's when this present kingdom age starts. So you can see that arrow is down here to 33. And there's a lot of history that uh, does take place. And you can read in your Kings and your 
Chronicles and your Isaiah's and Jeremiah's. So now as we're looking at the second dark circle, now we have Joshua's crucifixion. And it's very important that we understand something about Joshua's crucifixion. Now, you see the plates here that I have return and memorial Passover was part of Joshua's life. Joshua's baptism and ministry is part of Joshua's life. So this is um, plate 30, 29, and 28 on the 40-plate chart. So then the crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension is plate 31. So here we have it. So that takes place, Joshua's crucifixion, burial, is going to take right down here at the very close at the third age or the post-Siluvian age. And then you can see where you end up having resurrection and ascension. And it's important for us to know and understand that Yahshua the Messiah did not raise a physical body, but he raised a spiritual body. It's important for us to understand that because when you were out there in a Christian world and you went to the Roman Catholic Church or the Episcopalian or the Baptist or whatever other creed, sex, caste, and et cetera, you thought that he raised a physical body. It's only when you step through, sat down in one of these classes that uh, basically had those who were qualified by Dr. Hendrick Clifford Kinley that was spoken about in the moderation of having a divine vision and a divine revelation, Yahshua raised a quickening spirit and he did not raise a physical body. Very important for us to know and understand that as well. So as we move along here, we end up then, of course, we're going to end up having a persecution after the Pentecost. So plate 31, plate 32, plate 33 is the persecution. And then we have the Gentile conversion or the conversion of the Gentiles. And that took place seven years after the believing Jews received the Holy Spirit of promise or the baptism of the Holy Spirit of promise upon believing Jews. So it wasn't upon all Jews, but the believing Jews, as in the conversion of the Gentiles, that baptism of the Holy Spirit was not upon all Gentiles, but was upon those who believe. Now, I like to try to point this out, because when you do look at the picture here, which is going to be persecution, plate 33E, we're going to have this one here, Stephen being stoned. Who stoned Stephen? Was it Gentiles or was it Jews? If the Jews had the Holy Spirit, they would not have stoned him. That shows that not all Jews received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost because the Holy Spirit would have prevented those Jews from stoning Stephen. 
as when we come to the conversion of the Gentiles, plate 34E, we have Herod here who uh, ended up taking James and having him killed. Well, see, you have pagan persecution. Pagans are the Gentiles. So the Holy Spirit did not fall upon all Gentiles or Herod wouldn't have had James killed. So as we look back at uh, what takes place, now we have what is called apostasy. Apostasy is, to me, falling away from what one believed in. And there can be other definitions or variations of that. And we can see in that plate, of course, that we end up having this uh, mystery of iniquity that's in operation. And you can see the mystery of iniquity as we uh, label it. This is the head of that mystery of iniquity. Coming into the holy place, you have the um, body, that mystery Babylon. And then moving on down into the court roundabout or 37E, now we have the tail. And that's what, as you know, that devil does is tell you a tale, a lie. It's a deception. And by doing that, that's why they have their destination in what is called that lake of fire. So that's what eschatology is, as I briefly explained earlier. It's a study of end times, end things, and such as death, heaven, hell, immortality, and judgment. And so that's what's taken place, not the judgment has been taking place since Yahshua's resurrection. The judgment has been going on. There's not going to be some long line up there in heaven, and you're going to get a thumbs down or a thumbs up, and you go down to Birmingham on a thumbs down, and you get a thumbs up, and you're going to go into the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah. And matter of fact, Peter is not going to be there at the pearly gate and ask you to correlate the principles that are on the 40-plate chart. There ain't, Peter is not going to do that. Neither is anyone else. It's your belief, your heart, written with the belief, the confidence, the hope, the trust in Yash Messiah that he truly is your king, your high priest, your savior, your deliverer, your comforter, your teacher of your soul. Then we look at, then of course, we end up having, as we move along, we have judgment. And that's part of what eschatology is. And then we see the new heaven and new earth. Now, it's kind of difficult sometimes to explain to those who are carnal minded that what is on here is not physical. This is spiritual. We had something physical had to be drawn to help one understand something that is spiritual. And that's what you actually see at the very tail end is Romans 1, 19 and 20, which is basically take the natural to understand the spiritual and then understanding that you have to begin at the law and the prophets 
And that's what I did because that's what the circles did. I'm doing nothing more than doing what the circles Dr. Kinley had drawn because it's showing forth Yahweh's purpose and pattern and plan of salvation. And I'm sure that if somebody had the time, energy, and effort, they could show the purpose, pattern, plan of damnation to those who are going to go to, as I still call it, Birmingham. So as we look here, um, moving into the next chart, let's see what we have. Now, this is just a little bit different in that I've taken the plates, we see theosophy, we see the Godhead, they're gonna be in eternity. And then we come in, we have the angelic transgression, we have the creative uh, um, age or physical creation from the first day all the way, or plate number six, all the way down to plate number 12, which is the division between male and female. You're going to end up having that transgression in there. Then eventually what you're going to do is you're going to come into uh, the second age, the antediluvian age, the age before the flood. You, again, you're going to end up having the uh, Adamic transgression, which is part of dispensation. You have the Noahic uh, dispensation. And then you're going to end up having that close of that second age with that flood. Uh, and then you come in and you end up having the third dispensation, which is Melchizedek priesthood and Abrahamic promise. And you can see that you have the Noah covenant and the human government tower of Babel because man uh, wants to think he can do better. And as all of you that have been observing here in this last year and into this year, uh, Government, human government is dysfunctional. Plain five minutes, Dr. Underwood, gotcha. five minutes. Fine, 51. So here we have Melchizedek and Abrahamic, uh, Melchizedek king and, and Abrahamic kingdom and priesthood. So now again, as I said, the physical kingdom of Israel, law of cardinal ordinances, and those ordinances what we end up having is that old dragon, that old satanic spirit, he wants to drag on from this post-Siluvian age into this present kingdom age and have you believe that you have to worship in some type of carnal, physical, natural way, and especially give them money and help them become rich and, and, and et cetera and live a high standard way above what a lot of us live. So again, we're gonna end up having that Pentecost, which takes place where the Holy Spirit uh, makes the language one, because we know at the Tower of Babel that uh, what we end up having is Yahweh confused the tongues at the Tower of Babel and that he's going to reverse those confused tongues on the day of Pentecost. So now, again, we're going to... And when we get to the cardinal ordinance chart, because we start at the Edenic transgression and we go all the way down to Yash Messiah, is darkness. And Yash the Messiah talks about that 
on the night that he ends up uh, appearing to them. And you'll find this in the fourth volume of the textbook, page 69, and we're, that he talks about, have you caught any meat? And they said, no. Well, cast your net into the right side. And Dr. Kenley explains that on the left side, it was darkness. In other words, man was ignorant of the purpose and plan of Yahweh. Words, man was ignorant of the purpose and plan of Yahweh before his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. But after his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and pouring out the Holy Spirit of promise to the believing Jews first, and then seven years later to the believing Gentiles, then we can now have that New Testament being written into our heart and mind. How? By the preaching of the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, where we now can be in a spiritual kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah while we're here in the flesh and they offer up spiritual sacrifices, not natural sacrifices. We're offering up the praises of our lips to Yahweh through his son, Yahshua Messiah, because when you preach Yahshua, you are praising Yahweh, and you have that law of the spirit. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's hopefully something that has been said that has been edifying to the body of Yahshua Messiah. Has everything been said? Not even beginning, and you well know it. All we did was give a little framework, a little highlight, a little uh, glimpse to Yahweh's purpose and pattern and plan of salvation that has worked down through the ages and dispensations all the way up until this time so that we can get ready in our heart and mind to cross over from this present kingdom age into the fifth kingdom age where we're going to have a Sabbath and the Sabbath is a rest where we're going to be immortal and glorification and not degradation in that new heaven and new earth state. And again, hopefully something has been said that has been edifying to the body of Yash Messiah. And if anything was said that was edifying, it's Yash Messiah that has shown it to you. My time is up and uh, we're back to Moses chart for you to begin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Underwood. And our second speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. Could someone else please read the scripture just for her uh, because Jerry is, is going to be speaking. We only have one device. Yeah, Dave will. So we, Dave will. Very good. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Sorry, we have to transfer. We're working with one little phone here. Um, I enjoyed uh, hearing David. It's always so nice to have these Zoom classes where we're able to see our brethren and hear from them no matter where they are in the country or in the world. We've been able to experience what we miss so much in going to these 
seminars and conventions we haven't been able to do. I'd like to go to the scripture lesson, and I'd like to start at verse 17, please. 1 Corinthians 1 and 17. For Yahshua sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of the Messiah should be made of no effect. Now he sent Paul, that's who's the one writing here. He didn't send him out to baptize the bunch of people. He sent him out to preach the gospel. Now it's through the preaching of the gospel that we're going to receive the Holy Spirit and we're going to uh, receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it says we're first uh, preached unto and then we receive that Holy Spirit of promise. Now skip on, go ahead and read. I want to read down to verse 21. Okay, 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of Yahweh. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Hath not Yahshua made foolish the wisdom of this world? Mm-hmm. For after that, in the wisdom of Yahweh, the world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh. Now, we didn't know Yahweh because we were so smart. That's the wisdom that it's taught. The world's wisdom couldn't enable us to figure out something about Yahweh. Read on. For it pleased uh, Yahweh. Uh, let's see. Uh, hang on. The world by wisdom knew not Yahweh and pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It was by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And as the first speaker said, Yahweh has authorized, if you will, those to go out and preach the true gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah. But we're not speaking the words of our own wisdom, but we're speaking those things which we received through, in, in our case, through the vision that was given to Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. And it's not that a bunch of smart people came up with this, because it says in verse 26, I see your calling, calling how not many wise men after the flesh or noble men are called. He chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. He's chosen the weak things. And whether, whether you like it or not, you're the foolish one and you're the weak one. <laughs> you're the things that were the base that Yahweh chose to show his great power in. If you take the, the writer of this um, particular or book of Corinthians, Paul, he's the last one you would have chosen to for Yahweh to work with. For crying out loud, the guy was going around killing Yahshuans and claiming it to be righteous and thinking that he was righteous in doing so. He was just rounding them up and stoning them and killing them. And you would have thought, stay away from that Saul or that Paul. Stay away from him. But Yahshua 
He, when we are weak, he is made strong in the sense that when you see that he worked that work with Paul, then he ought to be able to work something with you. And that's the great thing about the gospel. All the things that Yahshua has proved and set up down through the law and the prophets give us that confidence to look and say, you know, if he can pull him out of that thing, then who is who am I that I'm so great Yahweh can't work with? And when you see Yahweh working with you, you can just let him go because you know Yahweh's got the thing under control. Now, this gospel that we, we talk about, oh, I got to make sure I don't like get caught up. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you and you have received, and wherein ye stand. So we stand in the gospel. That's what's keeping us standing down here at the end. And it says, by which also ye are saved. We're saved by the preaching of the gospel. If ye keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, or it just didn't mean anything to you. Verse 3, go ahead, whoever, 1 Corinthians 15 and 3. Verse 3, for I have delivered, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. He's just delivering what he received. That's when, and Paul, it's not like Paul was just some nobody walking around. He was schooled. He knew the law and the prophets. And he could have come along and say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the things that years and years of study under the feet of so-and-so have shown me about the law and the prophets. The things that all that study he did by himself and the law and the prophets and with the Sadducees or whoever was teaching him, that taught him that he needed to go kill the Yashuans. It wasn't what he came up with. It, he delivered what he received. He received a vision from Yahweh. He was on his way and Yahweh knocked him off his horse. And Yahweh showed him a vision and revealed who he was to him. And it was nothing that he did, even though he did all kind of studying and sitting at the feet of this one. And he was full of zeal, but wasn't according to knowledge. See, so what we need to remember is that we need to just deliver that which we have received. Not what we studied up on, not what we, we receive this. It's a gift that we receive from Yahweh. So the gospel that he's delivering, if that's just what he was received, how, Dave? How that Yahshua died for our sins, according to the scriptures. The gospel is how that Yahshua died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Read. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So he died and was buried, and he resurrected according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The good news is he's not dead. He's alive. He's alive now, and he's alive forevermore and can abide within our hearts and in our minds. 
So the gospels, how he died according to the scriptures. Now, if you take, let me go ahead and get to that elementary chart. If you could go there for me, Dave, I'm going to just run. Okay. Let's just pull it. Oh, look, I could pull it up myself. See, when you have a pattern, which is what we've been given, this is a pattern right here in the middle. This is a pattern of the tabernacle. And that pattern was given unto Moses about Mount Sinai. And in Exodus, the 20th, fourth chapter, he says, that's a pattern of all things. And even so, you make it according to this pattern. And we can take the principles that are in that tabernacle pattern and use those principles to just line up the law and the prophets to show how Yahshua the Messiah was divinely purposed to do any and everything that was done. And, you know, it just blows my mind every, every class that I look and I see how Yahweh has just formed this purpose and plan and everything so tightly and so firmly and as it's so witnessed even now by the things that are happening amongst us on the under these days and we can see that pattern just working and working we can have confidence in who he says he was so the first thing you come to in this tabernacle is the brazen altar of sin offering and it's here that an offering died for the sins of the people. So the, the offering, whether it be a lamb or whatever it was that was offered, died. And the, so the principle is a death. And then the next thing here is this brazen labor. And that's where the sacrifice had to be buried or immersed. So you have a death and a burial. And then this high priest here was anointed with holy anointing oil, which allowed him to, to resurrect into the other more holy, if you will, parts of this tabernacle. So you have the principles of a death, a burial, and a resurrection here in the court roundabout. Now, if you just slide that over to the stories in the Bible that we hear, they're not just stories, they're events that Yahweh has manipulated and manipulated the lives of the people in those events and caused it to run right according to this pattern. So we hear, see here in the Garden of Eden, I'm going back to the first plate here, that Adam, he was put in a deep like sleep see how I don't know how to get over there. Oh, well, I'll just let you do it, David. Adam was put in a deep, deep sleep. And Yahweh took Eve from his body, bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And he wasn't buried or immersed in anesthesia or as we would be immersed. He was immersed in the spirit or buried under, but he was still put under like we get put under when we have a surgery, Yahweh put him under in the spirit, death, burial. And then he resurrected him after resurrecting Eve from his body. Oh, I see you. There you go. When you go over to the, to the Noah, Noah plate, I'm looking for Noah here. Noah was told to preach to the people that there was going to be a flood. And Noah gave up his life to preach to those people. 
you might say, oh, that's not a death. Look, Noah, what, I don't know what his aspirations were in life to build tents or what. I don't know what it was, but I can dare, guarantee it wasn't to go around preaching to a bunch of people that it was going to rain and that there, and to build an ark, build enough to fit all those animals like a football field size ark. That wasn't his ambition in life. He gave up his life to do the will of Yahweh which is nothing less than anyone would do if Yahweh put his spirit right within him and caused him to do those things. So Noah gave up his life to preach to those people that it was going to rain. See, so you have that death. And then those souls that were saved had to be immersed or buried in that ark of safety. And then that ark resurrected up into the resurrected on the water and they were saved death burial resurrection then you go over to the prophets and you can pick up how that daniel he was thrown into a, a den of lions which was certain death in fact afterwards those that threw him in got thrown in and they were quite a tasty meal for though it was like a buffet line they were so starving but Daniel, even though he was, they were starving, it was certain death that he got thrown in there. Daniel, he, he, it was certain death and he was buried and they rolled the stone over, over the lion's den. And, and, and the next morning, the king said, Daniel, is your Elohim able to save you from the mouths of the lions? And Daniel said, oh, yes, he was. And the king resurrected him. Death, burial, resurrection. And then his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, because they were obedient to Yahweh, got thrown into a fiery furnace. And it was so hot that even the men that threw them into the fiery furnace were killed. Death. And then they're buried in that furnace. And the king looks and says, didn't I throw three men in there? And here, look, there's four in there chatting away on, in the fiery furnace. And it was Yahweh Elohim that came and saved them from that fiery furnace. And, and the king says, resurrect on out. Come on out of that fiery furnace. And when they got out of that fiery furnace, they didn't even smell like they had had any smoke on them because Yahweh resurrected them in such fine way. And you find that Yahweh used the illustration, Yahshua, when he was walking around at Jonah, how the Jonah, he, he, wanted to do something Yahweh didn't want him he didn't want to do what Yahweh wanted to do so he flew 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 he got hitched a boat going to Tarshish to escape going to have to preach to Nineveh but Yahweh has a way of when he has you purpose to do something it doesn't matter what your plans are which will usually and most amply be opposite of what Yahweh's are. He has to turn you around. And what he did is he had Jonah go on that boat and a big storm arose and the people had to throw him over. And it said that they even prayed to Yahweh not to hold his death against their charge because you can't throw a man over in stormy seas and expect he's going to live. 
So there was a death. And if it wasn't enough that he got thrown over in stormy seas, a great fish came and swallowed him up. And you might think Jonah would say, what else is the devil going to throw at me? But Yahweh prepared that fish to come swallow him up and put him in that burial. Death, burial. And it was all orchestrated by Yahweh. And then Yahweh caused that fish to spit him up right where he could go preach to the people of Nineveh like he was supposed to do in the first place. But the point is, all the way down through the law and the prophets, you see Yahweh putting his sons in situations where it just might seem impossible that they might be delivered. And it's to show us a principle because really the fact of the matter is without his help, it is impossible for you to be delivered from the clutches of the mystery of iniquity. You are not going to climb out and do it yourself like they do in 24 of these TV shows where you escape by some miraculous MacGyver treat that you came up with. It's going to be because Yahweh saved you and it's going to be evident that you couldn't do it by yourself. Daniel could not get himself out of the predicament he was in. Yahweh had to resurrect him from the dead. Shadrach and Meshach and, and Tibet we go, somebody was just talking about Tibet we go, they couldn't resurrect themselves from that fiery furnace. Yahshua had to do it for them. The children of Israel could not resurrect themselves from the bondage of Pharaoh. Yahshua had to do it. And in every case, they would try to do it. They tried, and there's nothing they could do but stand still, as it was told them at the Red Sea, and see the salvation of Yahweh. And the salvation of Yahweh, that's just another way of saying Yahshua. The gospel, all these examples of how Yahshua died and was buried and resurrected according to the purpose or according to the law and the prophets, same difference, will show you that when he came in and he died, just like they were, he was predicted, the things that were predicted of Yahshua the Messiah could not have been performed and fulfilled by anybody else. There was only one specially prepared body, and that was Yahshua the Messiah, that could come in and be born of a virgin, that could come in and be evilly entreated, that could come in and die and be buried and resurrect on the third day. But, you know, even when Yahshua the Messiah told them in advance how he was going to have to go through a death, burial, and resurrection, after he was went through that death and burial and resurrected. In Luke, the 24th chapter, we read that his followers were all sad and forlorn because their Messiah had gone through a death and a burial. And wham! And Yahshua called them fools. Oh, fools. And slow a heart to believe all that the law and the prophets had said. 
Ought not the Messiah to have gone through what he went through and so he could resurrect into glory? These things must have happened. And when it happened that Yahshua went through that death, burial, and resurrection and pouring out of his Holy Spirit, that's when we received our salvation because of what he did, not because of what we did. And then when we go and we see how Yahshua the Messiah just keeps it right on up all the way to the end, everything that he need, we need, he just provides it for us. And it's not because of something we did. See, we have to go through a death. And you know what? We were just born that way, dead. We were born dead on arrival. To be carnally minded is death. And we're just inundated and buried and it's like quicksand the ignorance and we have such a good example of it now from a natural standpoint it's so much ignorance and just refusal refusal to even look at facts and look at information and try to learn so many people are doing that and we can just see because they're buried in ignorance. And the only one that's going to bring you out of that ignorance, it's going to be Yahshua the Messiah, because he's the one that called us in the scripture lesson and talked about uh, us being the one that was called. So we were called, Yahshua called us into this great teaching. And then he causes us to understand and know the things that are taught and have them internalized to where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt who it was that raised us from the dead. And that we know that no matter what situation, Paul said, well, I don't care what situation I am in, nothing's going to separate me from the love of the Messiah. And when we go through the things that we've gone through and seeing how Yahshua has manifest his love towards us and given us a knowledge and an understanding, and most importantly, a love of the truth, we have to just sit back and be so thankful that we have been called to be sons of Yahweh in righteousness. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope you got something out of it. Thank you, Dr. Geller. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the Dean of our Green Bay class, Dr. Andy Verkaterin. Hello, everybody. Hopefully you can hear me. Hi, we can. I just want to say I really enjoyed um, the remarks of both previous speakers. And it just kind of comes to my mind and heart being in this class myself for some 40 some years, of all the things that we've learned while attending this school. And one of the things that's really on my heart and mind is there is a responsibility that we have with this great teaching. And it's vital that we understand what that responsibility is. Now, what I'd like to do, and I don't know if David has the vision pamphlet or not. If you do, I'd like page 10 and up at the top. If you read the vision pamphlet, Doc Kinley, 
who had the divine vision revelation given to him in the year 1931, really breaks down in, in a lot of detail some of the things he experienced when he had his vision. But in a lot of times in the past, it's been said people would ask the founder, well, I wish I had a vision like you and, and so on. And he would just basically point to the charts and help yourself. And what the founder got instantaneous uh, vision and revelation, we get piecemeal. So we're allowed to come to partake and participate in these classes, the information that was sent basically to all the, um, to the body in the various schools throughout the, the world. Um, the interesting thing about the vision pamphlet is if you look on the top there, this is after he saw a whole bunch of stuff. The creator had a question for the founder and that's what I want someone to read. Because I'm going to pose this down below that. I'm going to pose that question. Well, we'll just work with this. Uh, could somebody read that for me, please? Um, starting at having seen. Sure, go ahead. Having, it's hard for me to read because it's really tiny, but I'll try. Having seen all these things, a responsibility rested upon the writer. The voice came to him and spoke. Man, the sound was like thunder. Yes, Yashua. No words were spoken, but the writer sensed being called and in response assumed an attitude of humility. Answer me, man, what will you do with what I have shown you? I knew so, not how... Oh. Now, up on the top right away, it says the responsibility rested upon the writer, having seen all the things he's seen. Now, here we come to class. We participate in all these lectures. The same question, answer me, man. What are you going to do with Yashua giving you while partaking in these classes? Mm -hmm. And it hits me like right between the eyes. Because here we come to this school for so many years, we learn so much, and we claim to love this gospel. Answer me, man. What will you do with what I have shown you? And he did not know what to answer. And then he says, answer me, man. I know not, Yahshua, I cried. And then he goes on and explains some more. But now if you go to the next page, he answers the question, he asks the question again. Once more, Someone can read that for me, please. Once more, the voice thundered at my consciousness. Answer me, man. What will you do with what I have shown you? This time I answered. I cried. Teach your people your will, Yashua. And that's what we're trying to do in these classes is we are sharing. It's not Dennis, the dean of Oceanside's responsibility to teach the world. It's not David Underwood's responsibility from Lansing to teach the world. It's Yahshua is the teacher in this institute. And Yahshua has a body, and his body has been um, formed. Let's just get the second aim. A lot of times we work with the first aim, and the first aim is to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is. And that has happened. I mean, these aims are coming true to all the people who 
uh, have attended these classes for any length of time. But the very second aim is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. And you can get some of those scriptures and it talks about how Yahweh uh, in Acts 17.26, what that scripture says is he made of one blood all nations. And by making of one blood all nations, that goes to show it doesn't matter what country you come from, what nationality you are. Yahweh's made it all from one blood. So there's no advantage or disadvantage as far as that goes. And then if you looked at Acts uh, the 10th chapter, the verse 34, it basically says that Yahweh's not a respecter of persons. So it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what status you have, and people are in the carnal world are just hungry for status. It's like so important to be somebody in this world. And, you know, and like Jerry said, Yahweh has chose the foolish of the world and the lowly of the world, you know, and, and that's kind of a humbling thing to think about. And, uh, and there's some stuff with that too. And if you went to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 25 through 33, which is in the middle there, why don't we get that? And then after I do that, I'm going to jump over to um, Matthew uh, 25. Is there you something wanna... on my heart and mind that I think is important for people to uh, understand? Andy, what was that? Ephesians 5? It's on, it was on that. It was Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses uh -huh. 25 through 33. There you go, right in the middle. Okay, I got it. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, mm -hmm. love, your, love your wives. Now, it's talking about the natural example of husbands love your wife. But really, Yahshua is the husband of the bride, which is the church or the assembly of the body of souls of members of the body of Yahshua Messiah. And that's what we are in these classes collectively, part of the body of Yahshua. And if we're part of the body of Yahshua, we should be following the head. If you have eyes, the eyes, your eyes physically are in your head. So if you can see anything, just get a clue, just from a natural standpoint, your eyeballs are in your head, not your feet. So if you see anything, it's the head that allows you to see. If you hear anything, your ears are in your head. Allow, understand where your ears are, they're in your head. So if you hear anything, it's Yahshua, the head, allowing you to hear. He's allowing you to see. He's allowing you to smell, taste. He's allowing you to preach. At least that's the way it should be. All these things are part of the head. But that doesn't make the rest of the body not to be important because every part of the body is vital uh, in the purpose and, you know, plan that Yahshua has uh, in store for us. If you went to the mysteries chart, you're going to see that there is a, uh, you have Yahshua on one side and he has a bride. And that bride is part of his body. And, uh, and that is what we're talking about. We're forming a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah. That is his assembly. That is his church. That is his bride. And Yahshua is the husband and he's the head. Go ahead and keep read, reading those. Husbands, love your wives, even as the Messiah also loved the assembly mm -hmm. or the church and gave himself for it. 
So if Yahshua loved the assembly, what's our excuse for not loving the assembly? You know, the founder said, how do we know when we have the Holy Spirit? He said, when you love the brethren. And, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't love one another because we should be of the same body. And uh, otherwise, there's a problem. And it needs to get fixed right away. But go ahead and read. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. He's going to sanctify and cleanse the head only or the eyes only. No. He's going to sanctify and cleanse the entire body. So it's important to be part of that body. It's not necessarily important to be the eyes or the ears and all this stuff. It's important to be part of that body because he's going to sanctify that body. You're probably looking for sanctum or sanctoriums with the last plate on the 40 plate. It's probably old. But go ahead and keep reading, Bruce. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Mm -hmm. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. He's going to present this body back to himself as a glorious assembly or a glorious church. Read. Right. Not having spot or wrinkle. Wait a minute. We all have spots. We all have blemishes. But those things are going to be covered. We're clothed in Yahshua. He's not going to be looking at our spots or our faults and our flaws. That's why it's so important to be part of the body. Go ahead and read. Not having any spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Mm -hmm. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even Mm -hmm. as Yahshua the assembly. Mm -hmm. For we are members of his body. We are members of his body. Of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause. And you know the thing about his bones? None of his bones could be broken or lost. That's right. Yeah. If you're a member of his body or his bones, that is a, a done deal. Yeah. You have protection within the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah being part of that body. Now, like I promised, let's go to Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, um, it, it's something that's been on my heart and mind, and I know I spoke Dennis, some about it, because I know Dennis has been working with it as well and others, but to me, it's just a beautiful uh, uh, thing to kind of bring us to uh, check. And Matthew, the 25th chapter, is about some parables. And if you look at Matthew, i, I got to find it. The very first parable in Matthew was talking about what? The lamps and the virgin lamps, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And there were wise ones and foolish ones, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Right. So my question is, man, what will you do with what I've shown you? Yeah. Are you going to be wise? You're going to be foolish. Because we can't just sit back and go, ah, it's the dean's job. I'm not an officer. I'm just. I'm just someone sitting. No, it's not like that. We are all part of the body. We have the self-same responsibility collectively to do our best to support the teaching of the doctrine of Yahshua Messiah to the best of our ability. And trust me, there is great reward in being part of that. 
And it's a very, very scary thing to not be a part of it. But go ahead and uh, the, the virgins, you know, the lamp. And then right after the virgins to the lamp, what's the next parable? The talents. The talents. Mm -hmm. And you have these various talents given to these people. Now, one person received, I think, two talents, another one five talents, another one one talents. And my question comes back again, man, yeah. what will you do with what I've shown you? Are you getting the point here of what I'm yeah. trying to draw here with coming to the vision? Because we are sharing piecemeal the same vision and supposedly revelation our founder had. So it's not, Doc Kinley's not here anymore, but Yahshua's still the teacher. And this teaching is going on through Yahshua Messiah. We have a, a, a responsibility collectively to take our part, to do our best, to be a part of this great teaching. And it's going to pay. It, look, folks, what else do you got? What else, what else do we have? So, you know, the talents. And obviously we know that the one or two talents brought the back two talents plus another two, right? So there was uh, an increase. And then the one with five talents brought another five talents. And what happened there? There was also an increase. But the one that had one talent was afraid, and there was no increase. Man, what will you do with what I've given you? What, what, what are, you know, we've, we've attended these classes. We've learned so much. But what are we going to do? I mean, you look at a tree, for example. A tree has all kinds of branches on it. And if you look at a true fruit tree, it talks about every branch that brings forth fruit, he's going to do what? He's going to prune it. Prune it, that's right. So it brings forth more fruit. Right. And, and what about the ones that don't bring forth fruit? You know, those branches get cut off. Because if they're not, just like that one that was given one talent, it didn't bring forth any fruit onto perfection. So it got cut off. And those kinds of branches on a fruit tree, they call them suckers. And, you know, because these branches, they grow within the vine. But we want to, I mean, the thing is, Yahshua is really in control of the whole thing. But I'm just trying to show that being a part of the body and, 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 and understanding the role and doing everything you can, you know, as part of it, it has great reward, but it could also have bad consequences. And after these two parables, there's a separation of the sheep and goats. And, um, and this is the thing that kind of gave me a chill and comfort at the same time. Because Jerry was talking about how Yahweh chose the lowest and the foolish of the world to reveal himself to, right? right. And so basically she was showing that if we are chosen by Yahweh, you know, he's not choosing the ones that are so fantastic. Now start reading uh, verse 31 in Matthew 25, please. 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all the nations and he shall separate them one from another. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter what country you're from because it's a forming of nucleus. Of, we have brethren listening to these classes from Africa. We have brethren listening to these classes from 
Jamaica. We have brethren listening to these classes from Canada, U.S., and other various parts of the world. I mean, David Underwood probably has a greater idea of what some of those branches are. So we are a, a group of multiple nations making up the part of the body of Yahshua. Go ahead and read. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now he's going to put the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. It's kind of like the same thing with the fishing. You know, at night he fished on the left side of the boat and it was dark. They didn't get no fish. And then on the morning, the next day, he fished on the right side and all of a sudden he got a whole bunch of fish. Like, uh, I think it was David that was talking about that. But anyway, uh, go ahead and keep reading. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Oh, great, I'm a sheep. I'm on the right hand. Well, what did, you know, it's kind of like, how did I get to be a sheep and how did I get to be a goat? You know, and, and the cool thing about some of the other parables about the sheep, Yahshua is the good shepherd, and he has a body of a flock of sheep. And he says, and I think it's John 10 chapter, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and they go wherever they want. Is that what he says in John mm -hmm. the 10 chapter? We follow his no, my sheep hear my voice. I know my sheep, they know me, and they follow me. Right. So if we're part of the body and Yahshua's the head, it would just make common sense that if you're part of the sheepfold and he's the shepherd, if we're the bride and he's the husband, and we're the body he's the head, well, the sheep follow the shepherd, the husband follows the wife, and the body follows along with the head. So if we're all doing whatever the heck we want, and, and, and you know, there's a problem there. We have, we, have, we have a body that's not operating properly. There's, that would be a serious situation if the body goes one way and the head goes another. But in reality, the body is total control of the head, which is Yahshua. Go ahead and read. 35. For I was hungry, and ye gave me food. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was now, a stranger. it's being said to the sheep on the right side that you can enter my kingdom. And he says... When I was hungry, read. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. Mm -hmm. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then mm -hmm. shall the righteous answer him saying. Now, look what the sheep are saying. The ones on the right side are, are answering what was just said to them. Read. Master, when when saw we the hungry and when fed did we feed you? When did we give someone the hunger? They, they they're like, huh? Right. When did we give you the hunger? Go ahead and read. And fed thee, or thirsty what? and gave uh -huh. or thirsty and gave thee drink. Right. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? So the question is, when do we do all these things you're saying we did that we're now being saved for? You know what I mean? Well, go ahead and read. Or when saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee? 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren. Now, didn't Jerry just say he chose the foolish out of the world? He chose the lowly out of the world? Mm -hmm. And when we come to these classes, we do not know anything about the people coming down. And these people coming down, we give them the same thing that Yahshua has given us. And by coming to these classes, whether you're the dean, the president, the secretary, or the one sitting in the chair going, uh-huh, that's right. That's right. Or you're the one smiling, or you're the one cleaning the room, or you're the one that's there. You see, we're a witness to this thing. We are invited. Look, if we came to class and there's nobody in the room, the person's going to think, well, what the heck am I doing here? Nobody else is seeing. Nobody, you know, there's questions that arise in people's head. Mm -hmm. Some people are very welcoming and they got a smile on their face and hi, who, how are you? Uh, well, what's your name? How did you hear about us? You know what I'm talking about? These are gifts. These are beautiful, precious gifts that we're doing to these lowly that are coming in, these foolish. We don't know who these souls are, but we need to realize that we all share responsibility to these people collectively. And there's reward in it. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a minute. So go ahead and read that part again, that last part. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Because we've done it to that soul walking in the door. We've done it to Yahshua. Right. Because we have to realize that we are forming a nucleus. I said forming a nucleus. It, doesn't, it didn't stop yet being forming. You understand what I'm saying? We are continuing to form a nucleus of universal brother in Yahshua Messiah. We're trying to find... Like it was said uh, in Tuesday's class, David at Green Bay class, he said, we're trying to find that last soul. You know, uh, we don't know who they are, and we're going to treat them all with respect. But go ahead and read. 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart now, from... Now, when you come to class, don't aren't, aren't we talking about this gospel as food? Don't we correlate the teaching of this gospel as food, food for thought, food for the soul? Yeah. And we serve it up in David Underwood's just using the 40 plate chart and also the pattern uh, plan uh, uh, pattern uh, or plan chart, which has, we call those plates, and you serve food on plates. And he was working with all these principles, showing you up and down and all these various plates. That, that's soul food. We're feeding somebody. And, and we're giving them to drink because when you were thirsty, we gave them to drink. We're, the preaching of the gospel is the water. It, it, it's he who believeth on me in John 7, 38. As the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow, flow what? Rivers of living in water. And you know the majority of the body is made up of water? Well, look at the principle there. The body of Yahshua is made up of water. Many, many wellsprings of life. Because Yahshua is the real wellspring of life. And by being part of the body, you are benefiting from the water that's throughout the body through, through all. 
So we're giving people the drink. We're giving people, we're inviting the stranger in. Hi, how are you doing? Have you, I, you know, they're naked. We're clothing them with, with righteousness. We're clothing them with the truth, with Yahshua. So, and, and they're in bondage. You know, they're in prison. They're in bondage to that old covenant they're trying to keep in these churches. Or, or, or they're sick. They don't even know that they're sick. But we're showing them that, hey, you know, that, that's not right. They're, they're, that's just not well. <laughs> so we're, we're doing all these things. And we don't even realize we're doing these things, just being part of the class or the assembly of Yahshua when we come in contact with these souls or anywhere in the world for that matter. But now to the left side. And, you know, the funny thing is the people on the right side didn't even know they were doing it. But, you know, the honest truth, if you have the Holy Spirit and the love for the truth, you can't help but want to do those things. I find, and I know many other have told me great great joy when somebody comes to class for the first time and it's just so much excitement excitement why because i'm hearing this for my first time no because i'm hoping that somebody else is hearing it for the first time so they can be fed and they can be clothed and they can be given something to drink but now on the left side let's get the left side keep reading yeah that 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, mm -hmm. pre prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, for I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Well, it's the same thing, just an opposite. Okay. Go ahead and read. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Master, when saw we the hungry or... When did we see you hungry? It was the same, same... What? When did we ever see you not see you hungry? Or when did we see you not thirsty? You understand what I'm saying? It's the same question. But what happened? Go ahead and read or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. So and we're he, off in the world doing our own thing. How are you doing anything to help with Yahshua's situation? You know, it doesn't mean we can't do things in the world, but I'm just saying, just understand and realize the great responsibility we all have being part of this body is that, and, and, and the thing is it benefits us all together. And because you did do it least of them, you didn't do it to him. Is that what it says? Read the last verse. In as much, in as, much as you did it not... To one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Mm -hmm. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteousness into life eternal. So, man, what will you do with what I've shown you? It's the same thing right back at us. Now, let's go to uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, because it talks about the body there. 
and there's gifts and, there, and what the gifts are for. I think that's Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Um, Ephesians. Yes, and start reading at one. Ephesians. I want to go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and I also want to go to First Corinthians, the twelfth chapter. And I think that's all the time we're going to have, but I just want to show some more things about the body, just to show you that being part of the body ties in with the sheep on the right side and the goats on the left. Because being part of the body, the reward is collectively shared. It's not like the reward was any better for the one that had two talents or a reward that was any better from the one that had five talents. You know, it was the same reward. You know, somebody might think, well, if I was the I, of course, or if I was the dean, yeah, or if I was the president, yeah, no, because the reward's not any different. It's the same for all with all throughout the body. And now we're just going to talk a little bit about the body, this new nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity. Now start reading at 1, 4, 1, please. Ephesians 4 and 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Messiah, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. That we should just, you know, man, what are you going to do with this? You see what I'm saying again? It's going right back to that. Man, what will you do with this? Mm -hmm. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Can spirit. Can you give me my charger real quick, please? I had to ask Jen for my charger because my battery just showed at 10%. Sorry about that. But go ahead and keep reading. There is a fourth verse. There is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Yahshua, one faith, one baptism, one Elohim and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of the Messiah. Now we're all given grace. Not just the eye, not just the ear, every one of them. It's, it's one Father for all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. If he's in you, he's in you. Somebody said, you know, if you have a little bit of the Holy Spirit, do you know what you have? You have the Holy Spirit. Well, go ahead and read. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Mm -hmm. And he, what do you think Yahshua is doing here? He's he's sharing that he's he's sharing about himself to his to his body, his people. Go ahead and read. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far far above all heavens that he might fill all things mm -hmm. and he gave some apostles now not everybody's an apostle right he gave some apostles read 
And some prophets. Some are prophets. And some evangelists. Some are evangelists. And some pastors and some teachers. Some are pastors and some are teachers. For the perfecting of the sons. For the what work do you do? of the Man, ministry. what will you do with this? If he made you an apostle, he made you a prophet, he made you a teacher, he made you a pastor, an evangelist. Man, what will you do with what I've given you? It's for the perfecting of the sons, which happen to be the body of Yahshua. Right. I don't care if you're an apostle, a prophet, or an evangelist. I don't care if you're the person that sweeps the floor. That's right. It's for the perfecting of the sons. Right. For the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of the For the Messiah. edifying of the body. Walking in class and somebody smiles at you, you had a bad, bad day. Is that the dean's responsibility or is that our body's responsibility collectively? Right. The latter. Now, what's the benefit of it all? Now, I'm going to be fighting the clock here. Let's go to where it's good enough there because we could get more into the body, but we're just going to um, let's go to First uh, Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, and that's Starting at right at one because it's beautiful because it talks about the gifts of the body and the benefits of being part of the body. Because you know the thing is, well, we're not talking about the importance of being part of the body. The reward is collective, and 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 we'll show you what I mean by that. Uh, go ahead and get what I call for First Corinthians the 12th chapter. 12 and 1. Now mm -hmm. concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not mm -hmm. have you ignorant. Now he doesn't want you to be ignorant, ignorant about spiritual gifts. Gifts, read. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, mm -hmm. even as ye were led. Every one of us were Gentiles. There might be a few Jews in our audience, but for the most part, we were Gentiles. Read. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of Elohim calleth Yahshua accursed, mm -hmm. and that no man can say that Yahshua is Yahweh, but by mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Right. It's by the Holy Spirit that we're able to do anything. So go ahead and read. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the there same... There are diversities of gifts. Read. But the same spirit. Mm-hmm. And there are differences of administrations. There but are differences of administrations, but it's the same Yahshua. Read. And there are diversities of operations, but mm -hmm. it is the same Yahshua who worketh all in all. Right. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. Now, the reason why people are helping the body and people are deans and people are this and people are that. It's, it's, it's for the body. But go ahead and read. For to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom. To mm -hmm. another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Mm -hmm. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another mm -hmm. discerning of spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues and all of us being part of zoom classes we are able to 
commune with brethren from all over the world. And we are seeing the gifts that all of our brethren have. If, if anyone was honest and had spent any time on Zooms or any of these types of things, you are able to mingle and hear what brethren are saying in other classes that you normally don't have a chance to visit with. And the gifts that we have in these various classes is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. And it's been edifying to the body. You know, if we're part of the body, we're edified. Right. You know, and, and the people have the ability to heal things that, you know, somebody could come to me with a problem and I don't know how to fix it. You know, obviously Yash was the true healer, but someone else all of a sudden, just by the way they said it, made them feel so much better. Because I don't know what people's gifts are, but every one of these gifts are so important. And the body profits with all together from these things. Mm-hmm. But go ahead and read. Eleven. But all these, but all these worketh that that one and the very same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as He will. Mm-hmm. For as the body is one and hath many members, the body all- is one. We are one body of Yahshua, but many members. You are just as much a member of the body of Yahshua as I am, or Dennis is, or anyone else that might be listening in the audience is a member of that one body of Yahshua. Read. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Mm-hmm. So also is Yahshua. Right. For by one spirit were we all baptized into one body, mm-hmm. whether we be Jews or Greeks whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink in, into one spirit. Now, didn't we all come to class the same way for our first time and somebody gave us food? Somebody gave us to drink. Okay. Somebody invited us in. Somebody helped us become clothed. Now it's all Yahshua working, but he's working through the body. Read for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, oh, I am not. I'm not the dean. It's not my job. Read. Uh, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? It doesn't matter what part of the body you are, whether your hand or the foot, you're still part of the body. Read. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Oh, because I'm the, not the dean or I'm not the teacher or I'm not the one who speaks or all of a sudden they think because I can't teach this thing, it's, it's like there's something wrong with them. But in reality, we're not all teachers. We're not all preachers. We're not. That's just the way the body works. But that doesn't mean we don't have a vital role in the body. Right. For the same cause. And it's the same reward, whether you're the foot or the eye. So what difference does it make? That's right. Go ahead and read. Five minutes, Dr. Verconner. Five minutes. Thank you. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body Mm -hmm. were an eye, where were the hearing? If the Mm -hmm. whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now Yahshua had set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. 
And if they were Yahweh, Yahshua has said it the way it pleased him. Right. Because we might think, well, that doesn't please me. No, it's the way it pleased Yahshua, the way we are set up in the body. But go ahead and read. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they mm -hmm. many members, yet but one body. Mm -hmm. Keep going. And the eye cannot say yes. to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Mm -hmm. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our... You know, it doesn't matter. We would think they'd be less honorable, but more abundant honor can be given them. Read. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need but Yahshua hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that we don't want any schisms in the body. Read. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one when member one member suffers, we all suffer. We all suffer when we lose the loved one. We all suffer when we hear about horrible things that happen, like what just happened in Southfield. We all suffer because we care for the body and the members of Yahshua's body. But go ahead and read. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. That was a great class. I really enjoyed what so-and-so had to say. I wasn't the one that said it. You weren't the one that said it. But we all received great joy in it together collectively because we're part of the body. So the suffering is the body together collectively and also the, the, the good parts collectively as well. We're all honored with it. Read. Now ye are the body of Yahshua and members in particular. And Yahshua hath set some in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And if you go into the other chapter, it talks about, though I have all this and all that, and I don't have charity, really love. I am nothing. And the bottom line is we need to have love for one another, just like Yahshua's loved us. And we need to try to do the best to be part of the body of Yahshua, be happy and glad that we're in it and that we're not somewhere else because the benefit is the same, whether you're the foot or the eye. And you might think, well, what have I ever done to deserve it because being part of the body you are a witness to this thing to some other soul or you might be the evangelist out in the world sharing this gospel and inviting somebody down there are so many beautiful things and you know in closing i'll say this again you know this beautiful beautiful gospel that was given to us uh the teaching of yashua messiah man what will you do with what i've shown you and my answer is, we'll teach the people our will. And that's just not being on the floor. That's doing it in all aspects of your life. 
your behavior, your demeanor, your mingling with the body and the world. And I hope somebody got something out of it. I hope that made some kind of sense. And uh, it's just a great thing to be part of the body of Yahshua because there's so much reward in it. And we want to be count worthy in the end. Uh, thank you very much for the time. Thank you, Dr. Verkaterin. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. We'd also like to thank those on YouTube who have viewed us as well. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. And at this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream is ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever, let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.